I mean, I think a lot of agents get edgy about like Redfin or whatever Zillow. I actually like it because I tell them, send me everything, send me anything that p appeals to you. And what I can do is I can deep dive on the back end and I can say, oh, this has been on and off the market for the last 50 days and there's a tenant in there who's not leaving. And because that's not in the public comments, it's in the private. Hello and welcome to Here in LA. Larchmont Village Edition. Today, we sit down with Alexandria Dion, who is a realtor based in Larchmont Village. She answers all the questions that you gave. Uh, what, what, what questions? Where were these questions? Well, if you have Facebook, here in LA has a Facebook group. It's at facebook.com slash groups slash here in LA. There we talk about every single episode, there's pictures, there's stuff that we haven't even covered, uh, some stuff that's upcoming. The Facebook group is really awesome. And you guys asked great questions, and uh, Alex was nice enough to answer all of them. So buckle up as we get to know about her, her family, Largemont Village, and the ins and outs of L.A. Home buying and selling. I am in Larchmont Village with Alex Dion. Hi. Is that how you say it? I think, I don't, I'll be honest. That's my stepfather's name and I just have always had it. So I always knew it as, as Alex Dion. Like Dion. The Dion. Like the Dion quintuplets, like out of Canada. So you are a realtor here in Larchmont Village. Yeah. What's this building I'm in? What's your, what's your dealership? So we are Keller Williams Larchmont. Keller so, Williams. Yeah. Keller Williams is all over the country and in other parts of, you know, other countries now too. But um, it's a pretty big brokerage firm, but this is, they're all independently owned. So this one is the Larchmont one. So on your business card, does it say Alex Dion? I think I have my full name. Which is? Alexandria. Oh. <laughs> I don't know why, because I never go by it, but. You, you still go by Alex? Yeah, yeah. We yeah. knew each other in college. Mm-hmm. Beautiful Santa Barbara. Yes. And now you are selling some of the most expensive homes in, in California. <laughs> I guess, yeah. <laughs> it's so funny, because I think about that, I'm like, there's so many agents selling way more expensive homes than I am, so it's hard to Everything's say relative. that. It's all relative, yeah. What's the, in this, in this office, we'll put it that way. Yeah. In this office, what's the average listing price of the homes that you sell? So in Hancock Park, um, I actually did run, I forgot to print it out, but I did run some numbers, and from what, we often base this off of the price per square foot. And so the average price per square foot is typically anywhere from 900 to $1,000 a square foot. So, but in terms of like the average price, I kind of, I ran it for 2021 and the average price was, there was like 350 homes sold from January one to now. Wow, and that seems like a lot not, to not, me. Not, not this, I'm sorry, not this January, but January 2021 to now, like 350 homes. So one a day. Yeah, yeah. And of course, that's agents all over the city, where whoever the agents are, not just here. But um, the average price was about 1.7. Huh. So. In Larchmont Village? Yeah. Am I going to find a lot of $1.7 million houses? Yeah, 
I am, <laughs> and more. Well, I know it's going to be more. More, yeah. But I'm just a I'm just a humble podcaster. All I got <laughs> is 1.7. Well, okay. So I would say you're not going to find a lot. But so when when they when the real estate multiple listing service that's what you enter your information on and that's where you say i have a listing on larchmont and you put it in the multiple listing service and then it goes out into the world right so they have areas and they have numbers and hancock park is number 18 it's okay. area 18 and so it goes from about like just on the other side of la brea like citrus mccadden like over that, in fact, sorry, the citrus is further, like around citrus area, like pre-La Brea, like, like east, of, east La of La Brea, Melrose, essentially, then to almost, basically Western, like almost to Western, and then even down to um, like Olympic, okay. down there. So that's roughly the area. That's, that's you know. MLS 18. Uh-huh, area 18. Pretty sweet. For Hancock Park. Pretty sweet area, right? And then, like, for example, Atwater is, like, area 1025. I don't know why. Shout out to Al Atwater. I love Atwater. Yeah, it's my favorite. <laughs> is it your favorite, really? It is my favorite, actually, yeah. That's, that's so nice to hear. I love it. I love Atwater. Okay, but we're giving love to Larchmont right now. Okay, we're in Larchmont. Larchmont love. So in area 18, mm -hmm. you, you, we've got to keep it real on this podcast. Okay. Your bottom is 1.5 1.7 right yeah if you want to be an 18 you got to have some money yeah and it peaks well i don't even want to say peak you were in a four million dollar house yesterday mm. on your instagram mm -hmm. a beautiful house yeah with with really high ceilings yeah that was redone right that it, yeah they made those ceilings that high they had what probably um, I don't recall the house before, but I think what happened was is oftentimes people it'll have the peak, but they'll it's been drywalled, you know. So then they just blow through that and go up to the rafters, which is genius, right? Oh, it's so smart because it's probably easy to do, right? As opposed to extending a kitchen into the backyard. Yes. Because right. like, what does it take to do that? Yeah. Right. And we don't and we don't get a lot of rain or snow, so right. It doesn't have to be like super crazy sturdy. Right. <laughs> it, it, it feels so much bigger. I mean, when you, yeah. you know, you can imagine like anywhere you've been, like you have these soaring ceilings. You're like, oh, it's huge. And, and it, it, it worked on you. You right. noticed how big those were. Indeed. Yeah. So, okay. So that $4 million house. Yeah. I hate to say it, but I grew up in the Midwest. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that did not seem like a $4 million house to me. It was decorated very nice. Yeah. Obviously tasteful people. Mm -hmm. Bigger rooms than normal. Yeah. But no backyard, really. I know. Was there even a pool back there? There was. It was a little pool. Yeah, but it was like, it took up like the whole backyard. There was it, like no, there wasn't even really, if you walked right out of the back bedroom, they had a little seating area set up. But it wasn't like, you know, you go into a lot of homes around here, there's a seating area, there's an eating area, you know, there's a hang space, maybe there's a pool. But that just had like a little seating area and the pool and the back fence. It seems to me that that was a location, location, location house, right? Mm -hmm. If I worked at Paramount and I, let's say I was a gay couple, not planning on having kids, mm -hmm. the backyard's not interesting to me mm -hmm. at all. I'm of a certain age where I'm just going to jump in that pool on a really hot day, yeah. but it's really for looks. Right. Maybe four million bucks if I've got like that kind of FU money. 
Mm-hmm. But it doesn't blow me away as a house, right? Yeah. If I'm paying $4 million, hook me up in Westwood, mm-hmm. right? Where yes. I can have some land. Mm-hmm. Where I can have a party and everybody can park on the street. Right. Yes. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Am I wrong in thinking that way about that particular house? Yeah. I mean, the one the one thing I will say about that house is it had that back office and it was upstairs, downstairs. Yes. They didn't have a kitchen, though, which I was surprised by. Okay. So you said that on your Instagram feed. Mm-hmm. And I just assumed you just missed the kitchen. I didn't see it. I saw a bathroom upstairs, but I didn't see no kitchen. kitchen in the entire house. Oh no, no, no! I'm sorry. In the back house, in the back house. Okay. So typically, you know, since 2017, Jerry Brown said we need more housing. So let's make it. All these people who have these illegal spaces in their backyards, let's make them legal. Let's make them permitted, and we. This is now sanctioned, and they called it the additional dwelling unit or nice. like a granny flat. Right. So anymore, most of them, if they have that much design and that much redoneness to the house, typically they'd put in like a little kitchenette. Which isn't something. hard to do. It's not hard. It doesn't take a lot of space. No. It's a sink. And, yeah. And like, what else? Like yeah, a little, a little spot fridge? for a fridge. Yeah. yeah. That's it. Right. Is that listed as Windsor or as Larchmont? So it's part of Area 18, so it's technically called Hancock Park. But when they wrote the description, I'm pretty sure the description says Windsor Square. Is Hancock Park a better name for when you're selling a house? I mean, I think once upon a time, it was. I mean, I definitely had clients who were like, I absolutely need to be in Hancock Park, which is slightly further uh, west of us from Larchmont. Mm -hmm. And it isn't even south of here like when you go when you go south of third those houses are sick i mean that was the original beverly hills that's right and 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 they're stunning i mean yeah. like shonda rhimes has lived down there you know like amazing i picked know? up uh, the little girl from Mad Men there as an uber driver oh you did <laughs> who has grown up and was so great her and her friends were just like going through broadway plays that they'd seen like just one after another, singing the songs. It was so cute. <laughs> That's awesome. Whatever your name is, Ke- Keatlin, Caitlin, whatever. Kieran. I don't even Shout remember. out, my girl. <laughs> that was a fun ride. But that whole area, what I love about Larchmont, Hancock Park, Windsor Square, whatever you want to call it, what I love is there's something here called an HPOZ, and that means a historic preservation overlay zone. And so that means you can't just tear down a building and put up some ugly ass monstrosity. Good. And so that's why you see, like you see that things look of a piece. They have the the telltale Spanish tile roofs or, you know, whatever the style is, they can't just tear it apart and put up a McMansion. Great. So the other part of that is they can't just instantly put in hedging and fencing either. Oh. So that's why when you walk around here, that's why you can see all the houses. I never realized like, that before. You can. Yeah. You can just, you, you know, you take a stroll down like Lorraine or, or you know, wherever, like Plymouth, like south of third, like these houses are sick. They're stunning. I, and Wilton has turned into a major thoroughfare. Yes. You know, because it cuts right through the city beautifully. Yes. You're right about the hedges. Yeah. There's only one that I've seen major hedges on. Yeah. But that's it. If they if it's there, then it was there. 
then you can't, you know, because I can't remember when the HPSZ, you know, somebody probably in your in your audience will be able to say, oh, and, you know, whatever, you know, 2005 is when they established the uh, HBOZ. Um, but when, you know, if you, if you had hedging then, you, you're grandfathered in, but you can't just add a fence, like, willy-nilly. Typically, it's like low bushes you can add, right. but I think that's what makes it so beautiful and pleasant around here. Whereas, like in Beverly Hills, you got those massive fences and the big trees, and you can't see shit. You know. Yeah. the selling point I'd imagine of Larchmont is the street that we're on right now, which is Larchmont. Yeah. This is, I mean, I guess you'd call it quaint. Adorable. Yeah. But how do you call it quaint when it's also the most expensive, <laughs> like know. real uh, uh, retail zone <laughs> yes. out there? But it is quaint. I mean, that pizza place is old. Totally. Um, a lot of this is mixed old and new. Mm -hmm. There's not a lot of chains on this block. Mm -hmm. um, I think the drugstore is a chain. Mm -hmm. um, there might be a Domino's pizza over there, but for the Maybe most the part- Maybe the bank. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Both banks. Right, both banks. Right. <laughs> Actually, three banks, right? Yeah, there's three. Yeah. Yeah. And um, real estate businesses, obviously, yeah. are here. But for the most part, you will find a salt in a straw mm -hmm. here um, that's doing great business. Yeah. Great because business. it does feel like Main Street USA back back in the day. That's right. Yeah. Except these people just happen to be able to afford a $4 million house. That's right. But they're walking their dogs. Yep. They're dressed bad. <laughs> right? Yeah. It's, it's like a real yeah. slice of life. Mm -hmm. They just happen to be rich as fuck. <laughs> yes. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is that a selling point when you're selling a house? I would imagine it has to be. Oh, 100%. For sure. Because who doesn't want to stroll down here? Oh my gosh, yeah. I bought, I helped my clients buy a house just south of here. And um, I went and got Jenny's ice cream, because there's two ice cream shops, and with my daughter. And then I hear my name and I see, I turn around and see it's my client, like who'd been living kind of, you know, further uh, west of us. And um, he was with his son and his, his dad. And he was like, this is fantastic, you know? And I'm like, seeing you on the street. I mean, where else are you gonna do that in LA? We're all in our cars. Like, you truly are walking in LA here. Yeah. It's so great. Um, okay, I have questions for you Please. from the audience of here in LA. I hope I can answer them. <laughs> let's, let's, let's keep these short. Okay. Because I'm sure you could go on and on. Um, by the way, you are of mixed background. I am, indeed. Who, what, what are you, Alex? <laughs> I've been asked that before. Um, I, so my dad is African-American, Native American, and who knows what else is up in there. Also, there's supposedly some Haitian mix, um, like a Creole, because my, I guess, a great-great-grandmother's last name was Lejeune. So there was a French you know, kind of New Orleans Haitian vibe that was happening. The best vibe. No <laughs> yes. disrespect Some to anybody Some damn else. good food, too. <laughs> um, and then my mom is, or was, she passed um, a while ago, but um, she was um, Austrian-Polish um, Jew, New York, like born and bred New York, like the kind of New Yorker who like didn't drive, you know, like till she was older and, you know, just, yeah, hard, diehard New Yorker. You are married with children. Yeah. What race is your husband? He's white, I guess. Yeah, I think he has some Native American, but mm. he's from Oklahoma, so they claim that there's some there, but they've never, 
you know, gone down the, the full path to find out. You're, what do your, you've children. Yeah. A 16 year old and. I have a 13 year old too, yeah. But teenagers in the house. Mm. <laughs> okay, do right. they identify as mixed or do they, do they even talk about that kind of thing? They, they talk about it and we'll kind of joke about it and be like, you know, be, it, because you're black, you can, but, but, you know, we'll say things like that, you know, and like, but they're like, well, <laughs> you know, they'll be like, well, mom, if you were more, we would be able to claim more, but you're not. So they're like, we're, we're like an eighth. So which you suck, which no, we'll tell them this. <laughs> it was enough to get you hung back in the day. So own it. Oh my God. I'm going to tell them that they're going to, cause it is they're right. They're going to really, the octopus got hung right next to a hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's go to the questions. Mm -hmm. Let's see if their questions are better than mine. <laughs> Joe Armstrong asks, mm. when, if ever, will regular people be able to afford houses in LA again? <laughs> As if that's your fault. Oh, I, I have worked with a number of clients that are not in the multi-million, those for me personally as an agent, there's a lot of agents in my office who work with big, big money clients. I'm not that person. Occasionally one will kind of pass through that I happen to meet or know from somebody else. But I would argue, you know, look, I've sold a lot of condos. Um, I, I helped a client get into a house in Sun Valley. Have you ever been in Sun Valley? Of course. Yeah, it's great out it there. It is great. And it's they have a whole equestrian thing out there. You can have a backyard. Oh my gosh. My client got into a house for $560,000. She has nine, over 9,000 square foot of land. She has three horses and stalls. She has two, there are people walking their horses through there. I mean, I'm- 20 minute drive to yes. Universal City. Yep. Or? 40 minute, 40 minute uh, horse run. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I do think that there are places that you can get, a, you know, you can get in, um, in they LA. You just need to forget about the Santa Monica to downtown swath. I agree. I agree. Right. Yeah. And I think, you know, when you look at places like West Adams and, and Jefferson Park, like, you know, what, what I feel like the canary in the coal mine is like the, the brewery. You know, there was a big, there's a big brewery that just opened up. I think it's called Benny Boys. I got to give a shout out to my, my, my. In West Adams? Yeah. It's like near West Adams. And, and honestly, like that, that's changing all up in there. And so you're saying if, if a brewery pops up, mm -hmm. that's gentrification. I think so. And maybe it's too late to move into that neighborhood. I would argue that is not true for West Adams. That's Good. my opinion. Good. Because when I was an Uber driver, I'd never known about it because I didn't go to SC. I mm. think. I think Trojans know about it. Yes. But I was shocked. Not only were I shocked at how big those houses were, but there's no bars on the windows. Right. So right. they're like, you're the racist. Right. And Jefferson Park, too, is really interesting. Like, I yes. mean, it's easy to get to downtown. You're on that corridor, Pico, that Venice Pico corridor. You can get to West Side really easily. The Expo line? Yep. Yep. Excellent answer. Scott Sterling. Yes. A true black man from Detroit. Nice. Has she ever sold a home to a black person who wasn't famous? Yes. So I had a client, the one who I said was from Chicago and helped sell her auntie's house in um, Village Green in, near Culver. 
she's African-American. She's Great. Not one. One. Six years, one Scott Sterling. Dang it. <laughs> Keisha Sharon, who is a gaucho when oh. we were there. Oh. How can I stop realtors from leaving flyers, notepads, tacky plastic pumpkins, and made in China USA flags on my porch every day? Oh, man, that is a that I feel her. I really do. I actually don't like that either. I hate it. Um, but I, but I know so many agents who do it. And for the longest time, that was a way to let people in your neighborhood know, like, I'm your neighborhood person, you know, here's a, here's a little pumpkin you can carve. And you know, here's a flag for 4th of July. <laughs> you know, I, Have I you left anything. No, I, but I have door knocked. Oh, so, you know, when typically what I would do is if I had a listing or if I had a client who was looking in a neighborhood, I would do like a, a rundown of comparables, they call them comps of the area and say, okay, here's what's sold in the last year or whatever. And here's the average price per square foot. And I would print it out and have my little name on it. And I would knock on the door and, um, it's the weirdest, hardest thing to do is knock on a stranger's door, but crazy the amount of information you get and actually how friendly people are. Good. And if somebody was home, they'd be like, oh yeah, oh right, I, I, wait a minute, what did that house sell for down there? Oh, I knew, <laughs> I knew them, I'm so glad they're gone. Da -da 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 -da. You know? And so, if and, I, go And ahead. also talking about people's neighborhoods, their neighborhoods, yeah. and for sure talking about their house yeah. or their block, that's gotta be on, on the top of their list of things that they wanna talk about, right? 100%, they wanna know what their house, house is worth, yeah, what's sold, who's selling, you know. Shannon Marie Hunt, mm -hmm. why, is any, why isn't anything ever sold as is? Hold on, maybe she wrote this wrong. Is the real estate agent banned from throwing in their own money to get three guys to haul out a bunch of trash and raise the price by 100 grand? That would raise the commission too, right? So I always wondered why the super trashed houses are ever listed like that. So why are they sold as is? Hmm. So, you know, every agent and how they deal with their client is different. So, you know, I have had situations where I've worked for one client multiple times. And if they have something that's coming up and, you know, maybe they are older and they can't get to it or they can't fix something. I've definitely just fixed whatever. I've had things painted. I definitely have things cleaned on my dime. And um, and, and and sometimes I've helped stage, partially stage. Um, that can get very expensive. Um, so it's not illegal for you to throw in a few bucks? Oh, gosh, no. Because you know, okay, yeah. that $4 million house. Yeah. The person who sells it's gonna make how much? So the average commission is about five percent and so that goes to the listing agent half two and a half and then to the buyer's agent two and a half sometimes i was a poetry major yeah is that 10 grand each is that 200 <laughs> grand each <laughs> let's just do the math pulling out her calculator yeah let's just even though it. she knows i i want to make sure i get it right okay so if you have a four million dollar house then you people at home are like are you guys stoners <laughs> yeah. It's $100,000. I was a poli-sci major. It is $100,000. So it's $100,000 each. Each. Yeah. each. So it's okay. $200,000 total. But I so wait a second, though. Yeah. A hundred grand. Yeah, that's a lot. That's why you're knocking on doors. Uh, right? That's why you're cleaning the fucking house. I'm telling you. A hundred grand. Yeah. 
but you got to pay taxes out of that. You've got to, you know, there's a, there are fees. You have brokerage fees. Those are the license. taxes I want to pay. <laughs> off of a hundred grand. <laughs> I know. How? Okay. Okay, hold on. Can I, I tell you something else about the Great Commission too? Sure. Okay. So sometimes the selling agent or the listing agent, actually it's called the listing agent, the listing agent will negotiate with the owner and they'll say, okay, the average commission is 5%, two and a half each side. If I can bring the buyer, meaning I represent the buyer too, I'll, I'll give you a little discount on the commission. Nice. And where that shows up as an agent, if I'm looking at a listing, there's a little area that says broker advantage. And broker advantage means just that, like, me at, or the listing agent is giving the owner an advantage. They have the advantage. If they bring a buyer, the owner may want to go with their buyer because they're going to pay less in commission. Right. Not a lot of agents like to do it, especially on these kind of actually bigger houses like this, because it can get really dicey. Yeah. Like it's called dual agency. Right. And if the buyer feels that you are not really representing their needs, because maybe you're more in cahoots with the listing or their their perception is that you are you are more towards you're you're offering more services to the owner than to the buyer yeah. um then the buyer could get could get really pissed if you were selling a house would you want to do it that way no no you no. want your own person fighting for yes. you right yes okay yes 100 percent. yes ben sullivan nicest guy in la what percentage of homes are haunted Oh. And which was the most in need of ghost busting? And you know, Asher Garber asked this too. Did you know Asher from Santa Barbara? No. He asks, how many ghosts have you come across? What is it with ghosts? I don't know. Do you believe in ghosts? Yes. You do? Well, I believe in like a spirit, like an entity, like a feeling, a vibe. But I've never personally, like I've been in some houses where, you know, there's the secret door, you know, like some of these Hancock Park houses, like you push the button and you're like, oh, where am I? Like, was this the speakeasy? Right. I've definitely walked into houses where there's a speak, for sure, there was a speakeasy. Huge selling point, right? Yes. Who doesn't want that? Oh, so cool. First thing you're gonna show the people on your tour, your, your show off tour. Yes, yes. Or as your kids would say, the flex tour. <laughs> right? <That's> right. <laughs> I watch TikTok. Bet. Okay, so. <laughs> Um, there's murder houses in Los Feliz. Yeah. Which I would imagine if there's going to be a ghost, there's going to be in a murder house. Yeah. You have not experienced ghosts in your travels working? You haven't had a ghost bust anything? <laughs> no. The only Good. time I ever recall ever feeling like a, like a little edgy was I went into, I went to a property and, um, the, the, I knew the agent and she was letting me in. So she had a lockbox. I went in just to do a quick tour and it was by myself, but it was just during the day. But I remember walking to the backyard and kind of looking in the back house. And then I, their fence in the back was right on an alley. And I remember hearing something and getting a little tripped. And I was like, oh, and then I see a face peek over the fence. And I was like, like you have that moment of locking eyes. And I was like, is he going to hop the fence? And I was like, Nope, 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 out of there. Got to get out of here. I'm done. Really? Yeah, it kind of freaked me out. That that wasn't a ghost. That was a real person. He People just kind of scarier. He scared me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dan Epstein, incredible writer. Mm. Um, is it true that people are more likely to buy a house if it's painted white? My realtor told me years ago when I put my old house on the in, in, in the market, paint it white. 
Yeah. Um, you know, there's a lot of schools of thought on this. Like I helped a friend of mine sell her house and she had the sickest taste. Like one room was literally painted this gorgeous green, but there was one room that was painted black. And so we kind of toned it down a little bit because she was like, yeah, I guess if it's a kid's room, they're not going to want it to be black. Because, you know, what you, <laughs> what you want in a house when, you, when somebody walks in is, and this is why people stage or why they paint it white or cream, is you want to be able to walk into that house and get a feeling for it, but see yourself in it. So if things are painted like crazy ass colors, that's not in a, you know, design wise, like I talk a lot about wallpaper. I love wallpaper. And when it's used right and like it's on the ceiling and it's, I love it. And, but you have to have good taste. Right. And there's a lot of people with not very good taste. Uh, Lauren Randolph. Lauren Lemon from um, our uh, Los Feliz um, episodes. Uh, great photographer. Awesome. She was on Instagram the very first day of Instagram. Wow. Yeah. No kidding. Oh, I'm going to look her up. How is it sustainable when there are like zero houses in LA being sold for under a million bucks? Well, Lauren Lemon, we're, we could all move to Sun Valley next door to, uh, to Huanga. Is that how you call it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, right. Which has a castle. Right. That I want to do a story about. Right. Just live in the Val, right? Or get a condo. Yeah. She's in an Again. apartment right now in Los Feliz, a great apartment. And I think they're about to really jack up the price. Oh, okay. And um, She's not in rent control. No, oh, okay. sadly. Yeah. Um, so you would say, if you don't have kids, if you don't plan on having kids anytime soon, get a condo? I think a condo is a great way to, to you know, you start building equity. You know, you're not throwing your money away every month. You know, the tricky thing with condos is they have an HOA fee. Ooh. So it really depends on how much that is because that can jack up your monthly. Yeah. But the thing with, I think the thing, the hardest thing to wrap your head around with owning and a mortgage and all of those fees are you get to write so much off as a homeowner. So you don't, you, you really have to talk to your accountant. And well, give, give me three things you can write off. So when you buy, you can write off a ton of the escrow fees. So there's a lot of fees that the buyer pays and the seller pays. And so you write off a ton of that. You can write up a portion of your interest up to, it used to be 700,000, that might've changed. Maybe one of your, your, your readers can- People are paying 700 grand on interest? Oh, the, for the to, life? Yeah, so like that's the loan amount. So if you have a loan amount up to 700,000, you can write off you know, a portion of the interest depending upon your tax bracket. That's all dependent upon that. Then there's also like just, you know, various upgrading costs or, you know, um, if you work from home, you write off a portion of that for your office, you know? So there's a lot of, but just getting back to like the idea of like under a million, I just sent a property to a, a woman I've been working with and it was, it's a house, it's on Formosa and it's kind of more Carthay area. It was under a million, two bedroom, one Great. bath, adorable, yeah. like beautifully landscaped, adorable. So, I mean, they, they're there. They're out there. They're out there. But they ain't going to be out there long. No, they go fast. You have to this, be ready. This market is hot, right? Oh my gosh, it's crazy. Although the, the interest rates were just kind of 
went up. They might have come back down. They're fluctuating a lot. But we were at like, everybody was like sub 3%. And then my client went to get pre-approved and it was 5%. And that makes a big difference in your monthly. Do you have people that you could recommend for every step of buying a house and owning a house? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Alex Dion. <laughs> what, what is this? One eighteen Larchmont. Uh-huh. Okay. Back to the questions. <laughs> yeah. How's that for for a commercial? <laughs> I love it. Thank you, Tony. <laughs> Do you have an email address? Do you have a... It's my full name at Gmail. Alexandra? Alexandria. Alexandria. <laughs> Dion, yep. At Gmail. Yep. Okay. Super easy. Monica has several questions for you. Oh, good. What is the highest transaction dollar amount that you've had? So that's the biggest so house? Is that real estate Is that talk? like, do you, is that like the price of I the house? So. Okay. Um, 5.6. I know. So was, after taxes, you got a hundred grand. Yeah. Was that a party at the Dion household? That was a good party. Did you really have a party? <laughs> sort of. I mean, it was like a, it was like kind of a rolling. Like we're still celebrating, you know. <laughs> it's one of Are those. you a religious person? Not really. No. Because <laughs> I'd be thanking God for that. Yeah. No, I definitely made some blessings and like said thank you to my mom and dad and like you know. It, on something that big. Yeah. That was a, that was major. But but hold on, I'm con- I would constantly be thinking, it's gonna fuck up. Yes. Did you think that too? Oh God, yes. When can you finally relax? That is a great great question. So there's something when you buy a house. So you 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 put an offer on a house, the seller accepts it, then you you sign all the paperwork, and you're now what's called an escrow. And that's what escrow means. It's like an entity and it's actually a physical company that manages the process. So you have to put 3% of your uh, purchase price into the escrow account. You have three moments to get out of the deal as the buyer. One is during the inspection period. And that inspection period can be as many days as you can negotiate. It can be as few as one day or it could be 17 days. So it really depends on what the um, the seller will allow. And so that's one area. Then the other uh, contingency period is the appraisal period. So you also have a number of days for that. And then the loan period, and you have a number of days for that. So those are the three main moments where as you as the buyer, you can say like, uh-uh, I'm done, I can't, I hate this. And so that's when you can get your 3% back and you're like, I'm gone, I'm gonna look at the no- another place. Yeah. So, so yeah. once that's over, yeah. So then yes. you pop the champagne. Yeah. So basically, once those contingency periods, like, okay, we've done our inspections, maybe we negotiated like some kind of credit or something, then what you do what's called remove the inspection, the contingency. So you remove you. Everybody has to sign. Okay, I can't ask for any more credits. That's out. So by the time you get to the loan, which is all of those things are happening simultaneously. So within, I'd say, the first ten days to two weeks. Once you hit that mark, you're pretty much good to go. It's very rare. And escrows are usually 30 days. Okay. So then after the first two weeks, you're probably good to go. Which neighborhood was this beautiful house? It's, um, it was Hancock Park here. Yes. I mean, that was south of here. When you go past it, do you like blow it a little kiss? I do. I do. I literally <laughs> look at it and just go, God, 
amazing. Hell I love yeah. that house too. It was incredible. There was an LAPD officer who was looking for houses at night outside of Watts and was murdered. <gasps> oh, goodness. And oh. because the police have a bad reputation of lying, all these internet detectives started looking at the listings in that area that he was murdered and there was only one wow and that one said drive by okay yeah uh appointment only yes uh because because probably somebody who owned it didn't live there because it's kind of a dangerous neighborhood is that normal? What is this drive-by only? Yeah. Well, that's, a li that's a thing? It, pretty I mean, if there's a, usually it happens if there's a tenant. So if there's somebody living in there who's been in there a long time, maybe they pay a low rent, um, mm. you know, you, you can't bother the tenants, especially COVID, all of that. You right. just do not even try. Yeah. Monica also asks, have you ever had to fire a client? Yeah. Because um, after a year, you might say, you people crazy. Yeah. It, it's funny. I've never like actively like fired a client, but it's more like they just sort of fade away. Right. They sort of like, oh, well, we're going to take a break. And I'm like, yeah, I think that's probably a good idea. <laughs> that's you know? good for you, right? Yeah. And that, yeah. She asks, what is the craziest thing you've seen a buyer do to get the house, to get the house in the mm. recent market? Mm. So I guess this is a buyer. Um, I've heard of, of, of houses being sold for 20% more than listing. Yeah, that's very Being sold almost right? overnight. Yes. yes. Um, people trying to slide into their DMs of the sellers. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Like they'll do the I, internet research and be like, oh, I, I think I know who this person is. Yeah. What's you, the craziest thing you've seen? You know, mine aren't like crazy, crazy, but definitely I've put in offers where you're waiving the appraisal contingency, meaning... If it comes in, if you, if your price is eight hundred thousand and it comes in at seven fifty, you the buyer, you're on the hook for that extra fifty grand. Um, but otherwise, in normal circumstances, you would negotiate with the seller and you'd be like, "Could you come down a little? I'll come up a little. Maybe we can meet somewhere." Yeah. You know. But I've had to waive appraisals. Like whatever happens, happens, and they have come in under, and that sucked. But we knew going in, like this may happen. And they're like, okay, I can handle it. But the other kind of, the other um, things that I've put in, and this isn't like super crazy, and actually a lot of um, agents do this, is if the seller needs to stay in the house um, after, like maybe for another month, they need more time, yeah. you'll, you offer them to stay in the house for a dollar. I think you, know? you Hefner got that. Pardon? I think Hugh Hefner got that deal. Oh, I'm sure he did. Oh, right. Because that's yes. his baby. Yes. He's an old man. Yes. I think he was 88 years old, something like that. They let and him so, stay. So that was part of the deal is you can buy the Playboy Mansion. Right. And I think they're like super renovating that place, like maybe I, even like tearing it down. Yeah. It's, it's weird to think that that wouldn't be protected. I know. But this house across the street here in Larchmont would be. Yeah. I don't know if it's just so much property and it's like its own, it's like its own little neighborhood almost. It is. It's so big. Um, Holby, Holby Hills. Yes. And I guess across the hedges he built, or there was a twin version of it too. Is that right? Oh, and, I didn't know that. And I think the person who bought the Hef house had also bought that the oh. the bumblebee tuna air no way oh wow <laughs> <laughs>
Well, so is the that's hostess uh, Twinkie uh, person, too. Oh, my gosh. That's awesome. Allegedly. <laughs> okay, the final question from Monica is, what is the biggest misconception about luxury in this market? Um, is it that every house is five million bucks and not worth it? Yeah, so she's referring to like like LA, right? Like yes. The biggest misconception about luxury. Yeah, I mean, to me, luxury is like, like there's a house that's on the market. I think it's on Mirfield or Rimpa. I can't remember. It's like $21 million. It's like crazy. But it was, interestingly, it was $25 million and it didn't sell. So that tells you like it was too high, you know? Granted, $20 million is high anyway, but... I saw the photos. I didn't get into it on Tuesday, but it has its own, of course, theater. All of these have their own theater. <laughs> they have the tennis court. They have all the crazy grounds, like 20,000 square foot lots and, and bigger. But th this one had a barber stool yes. and like its own little barber shop. Black people. I mean, I was like, right? who owns it? Yeah. I was like, I need to has be friends to be. with these people. It's like Snoop Dogg. For real. Would have a barber shop. Right. And, and we're black. We can say this. Uh-huh. I loved it. I was like, oh, my God. If I could, like, bring my person in and, like, have them cut my hair in my own house in a barber but, stool. But, okay, maybe. But, <laughs> and this is, this is, believe it or not, the real reason I'm, I'm sad I'm bald. I loved going to black <laughs> <I know>. barber shops. <laughs> I miss that. You know, the one, there was one here on Larchmont. There was a Larchmont barber. He was awesome. He, he moved. A black barber? He wasn't black. He's, exactly. he's That's Latino. I want the black experience. Yeah. Because there is no better black experience for men. Yeah, right. You know? Yeah. Because there's a basketball game on, even if it's a rerun. Yes. The only reruns of basketball games I've ever seen have been in barbershops. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, to get back to like luxury, like when I think of luxury, that's what I think of. Like just pristine, perfect. I mean, I would argue that like a lot of the houses that I see, even in the $5 million range are not luxury per se. I think that's a lot in Beverly Hills and, you know. My belief about super expensive houses. Do you have a term for that? Oh, is God. there a real estate term for that? I mean, I'm sure there is. I don't know. When I was stripping, <laughs> they would call the guy with the deep pockets the whale. Mm. Get any whales today? Oh, okay. I see. You guys don't have that. You're, you're, you're so high class, Alex. Oh. Everybody's just the same. Oh, no. Oh, they're just all clients. They're all the same. <laughs> Anyways, the whales of real estate, if yeah. I were an agent, yeah. I would think would be Middle Easterners. Ah, uh, yes. Chinese. Yeah, yeah. Or people from other foreign lands who have to get their money out of the the unstable banks of wherever they are and the easiest way to do it is to put it in real estate Ooh, also money launderers i've been watching ozark mm -hmm. have you watched ozark oh yeah what Love a great ozark. place to dump your money right yeah and maybe overpay my good friend is one of the creator like the writer creator for ozark please yeah. tell your friend i love that i will so <laughs> i much. will tell him so yeah much. he's a fantastic guy i mean the cast is perfect too. like everything they did was perfect in that perfect movie. i love that show is real estate a great place to money launder i mean i guess so i mean you know especially in southern california like incredible it's always a good investment i mean like but, but even you if know, you just want to just get rid of 10 million bucks real fast you might want to just buy an $8 million house for $10 million. 
Well, you know, it's funny. They, I, I don't know the exact rules or laws around this, but I do recall, you know, there was a moment when there were a lot of Chinese folks buying properties in and around Los Angeles. And, um, and they were, you know, it was under an LLC and it was very unclear who was really buying it. And then there was some kind of kibosh put on that where they had to, they had to um, reveal who the actual owners were. Yes. And so there were, I, I do recall that happening, you know. Is, it, is, is there any onus on the realtor to do that kind of due diligence or maybe it's business? I mean. The, the it, check cleared. Yeah. I mean, honestly, like, you know, whoever reaches out to you, I've only ever really worked with the real buyers. So yeah. I do have a couple folks who have business managers and I will sometimes have to work with them, but ultimately the, the client is my, is the buyer. So yeah. Um, yeah, I haven't really, I mean, if somebody comes to me and says, I have a client, meaning I'm a business manager, whatever, who wants to purchase something. You know, we don't want to talk about who it is yet. It's very hush-hush, whatever, you know. Um, and you keep you know, it hush-hush because you don't want them to bump up the price. Oh, yeah, right. If they find out it's Snoop Dogg, they're going to sure. say. <laughs> oh, Snoop can afford it. <laughs> but, but, isn't, but isn't that the reason that you hide the, the buyer? Yeah, and also I think there's a lot of buyers who, if they are famous or if they if they have just money, they don't want people knowing who they are, where they live. You know, they don't want, you know, but there are ways to find out. Like, you know, like I think oh, you were talking about like the big rollers, the heavy hitters here. Yeah. Um, the um, Shon so you know Shonda Rhimes, you know her. Of course. Yeah. So she has owned a couple houses in a Hancock Park area, and she sold one um, that she totally like redid, and I think yeah, it was in the twenty-one, twenty-two million dollar range. And interestingly, who bought it? He is, um, uh, I think he's an Orthodox Jewish man who is a big developer, and you know he was like, I want more properties. He owns like a lot in Florida and all over. There is a big Jewish population here in Hancock Park, and sure. they own a lot. Yes. They own a lot, like by because they, they need to be able to walk to the synagogues on yes. Brea, you know? And I love seeing them walk. Yeah, yeah. Because LA is diverse, anyways, mm -hmm. especially religiously diverse. Mm -hmm. And when you see these Orthodox Jews, yeah, with their suits, and even mm -hmm. the young kids in yeah. their suits, I think it's fascinating to look at. They need a lot of bedrooms too. Do they? They really do. They have a lot of kids. Like oh. I talked to one agent who is, she's part of the community and um, she was very funny. She's very open and she's just like, oh yeah, I've got, she looked, I mean, honestly, I think she looked at least 10 years younger than me. And she's like, yeah, I've got five kids. <laughs> and one's like 18. I was like, oh my God. She's like, we're crazy. <laughs> do you have any chance on selling her the, uh, houses to Orthodox Jews or do they want Orthodox Jew realtors they they I I do think that there are folks who go to the same agents within their community but um, I when I've had listings in their neighborhood like where they want to be they'll just come directly to you they'll just be Great. like I'll buy it oh <laughs> or I want it what do I need to do I I'm love like, that oh okay <laughs>
Alex, you have been fantastic. <laughs> Thank you, Tony. Tell me just Thank a you so few much. more things about Larchmont as we uh, as we give Jordan a break. So one of the things that I wanted to mention about Larchmont, and a lot of people say this, like, why are there so many coffee shops on Larchmont? <laughs> like, there's like five or six, and then, the, of course, the ice cream stores. And um, I didn't know this, but um, I learned that, you know, there was a rule or a law that went into effect years ago to basically say that you couldn't have any bars or restaurants that served out like hard alcohol on Larchmont. And that's why you don't really see like, like a restaurant or a bar, you know, like the sushi place. I can't get sake. I think yet? you can get sake, but they, some of them are grandfathered in. So like the, the Greek place, um, the, you know, you can get wine and beer, like, but like hard alcohol, like you can't get a drink. The only one that I know of is, and it, again, it was grandfathered in, it's Chandara, the Thai place. I love that Thai place. Yeah, it's really good. But I think they can serve hard alcohol because they somehow, they, it's always been there. But I'm part of like a women's organization in the area. It's like a hundred year old women's organization. And we had a whole discussion about it. And um, there was a woman who came and spoke to us. She's fabulous. And she was like, yeah, we're trying to have open up the conversations again. Like she's part of the, what's called the Larchmont business district. It has a little district. Mm -hmm. And she's like, this is really difficult. Like how many more coffee shops do we need? But that's the only kinds of businesses aside from clothing or, you know, um, uh, the, you know, ice cream shops. Like we want just a restaurant and we want to be able to order a martini with our thing. But I think years ago, whenever the, the area residents said, no, we have to, we have to control this. This was pre Uber, you know, right. this is people were driving drunk. They were afraid that people were going to piss and vomit on their lawns on their beautiful Lee landscape lawns. And like, it was going to keep them up past 10 o'clock, you know, right. like they didn't want that. But now like, there's a lot of younger families and younger, you know, you want to be able to walk to your local restaurant bar, sit at the bar, order a little entree, have a, have a martini and walk home. Like or a glass of wine. A, right. Plus, well, you can order some wine at a couple places, but it's very limiting. But, but isn't beer and wine like what makes a restaurant profitable? It, it is, but it's also like, if you think about like, you know, what, a, sorry, I'm pouring. So That's okay. You know, when you think about like a martini and you think about how small a martini is and it's like 14 or 15 or $18, like, you know, a bottle of vodka costs what twenty something dollars. Like Not even. you can make so much money off right. of one martini. But that's what I'm you saying. Know? If you love your Italian restaurant, let them sell the booze. That's going to keep them business. Exactly. Yeah, it's it's been a real thing. Like it's been a, a you know, people are trying to figure out how to change that. So anyway, that was just one thing I wanted to say. That's about a great one. Like large one. Okay. Right. Once again, shout out to your. Uh, we're in we're in where now so yeah so this is keller williams larchmont and um yeah it's a 118 north, larchmont north larchmont yeah you are um across the street from the creation uh-huh and, and an ice, ice cream, cream. store yep. jenny's ice cream yep how much is a scoop of ice cream on this block oh i think it's probably four or five dollars you nuts? know but that's a big you know i think but they have the be. little ones <laughs> I know. Do, do, does a 13-year-old still want an ice cream when they walk by the... Oh, my God. Every time. Or Jamba. 
It's like every single really? time. Oh my God. Kids want Jamba, Jamba juice. Oh yeah. Well, mine does. I don't, yeah. You have a 13 year old daughter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What school does she go to? She's out in the Valley. Um, she's at Walter Reed and it's a big public school out there, but they have these like little learning communities in the, within the school. And so she's in one of those. How did she get there? I, she's in a carpool. Like we have a carpool and so there's a really great um, elementary here called Third Street Elementary. It's at June and Third. Hold on though. I but she hear, went there. She's just in middle but, school but, now. But I hear all this jibber jabber of, oh, we want to move to this area because it's got great schools or it doesn't have great schools. My my sister has kids, and she ended up in the best part of the suburbs, and still took her kid to a damn private school. <laughs> I was like, you could have stayed at home and done that. <laughs> You're shipping your kids over the hill. Yeah. Well, she, so my daughter. But, but hold on. This part of town doesn't have great schools? Well, so it, it, it's in pockets. So, so the elementary school that goes up to fifth grade, my kids did go there. Okay. And it's right here. There was, we're zoned for it. It's called Third Street Elementary. It's right at June and 3rd. Okay. Adorable school. Muhammad Ali's kids went there. <laughs> they he used to live in the neighborhood in Fremont Place. Which did he is really? Crazy. Fremont Place is right at the end of Rossmore and Wilshire. It's gated. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Stunning, yeah. yeah. Was he on the other side of the gates? Yeah, oh yeah, he was in Fremont Place. I Ubered um, uh, Danny Elfsman, an engineer over there. Oh, is that have right? You, have you spent ten, any time over there? Yeah, I went through his house. It was creepy as hell. Yeah. Because there's no trees. Yeah, it's weird. And it's very like, you can walk and you know. You can't walk. Everywhere in there, but you can't get out. Like you get out and you're on Wilshire. I mean, it's super weird. I totally understood why Danny Elfman wanted to be in there. Because it <laughs> seems like out of nightmare on Christmas time, <laughs> right? Yeah. It was bizarre. I went through when Muhammad Ali's house was for sale. I, he didn't, he, of course the family didn't own it at the time when it was for sale. This is a couple years ago. I happened to walk in right as his daughter was walking through. And she, I just sort of followed her around because she was like, I remember when my dad's office was right here and I used to come in and he used to blah, blah, blah. And then we used to do this here and that there. I'm like, oh my God. It was like, I wish I'd had a recorder on because she was so interesting, like talking about it. But the, those ki his kids did go to Third Street Elementary, which is what it's zoned for. So then the Third Street Elementary here in Hancock Park, there's Ivanhoe School in Silver Lake. That's, That's a really true. great one. Yeah. There's a, um, the, Folks typically send their kids to um, uh, Franklin Elementary, which is another one in Silver Lake or Los Feliz. Yeah. Atwater has a good one. But still, those seem like kind of a trek to me that I, I just spent $5 million on a house. Yeah. And I got to I gotta get the nanny, I guess, to drive her yeah. or carpool. <laughs> the, the hard part is, so in the neighborhood, I would say, I would argue that Thirstree Elementary is a fantastic public elementary. Yeah. Um, what gets trickier is the middle school because yeah. you're like, okay, you know, unfortunately there's a lot of folks who don't send their kid to the middle school and the zoned middle school. So for example, I'm zoned for Bancroft, uh, is it called Bancroft? Yeah. It's up on, um, it's like east of Highland and it's like Las Palmas and Willoughby. Mm -hmm. It's like right there. And then there's another one that's in the neighborhood here that's called Burroughs, John Burroughs, which is a really nice looking school. It's brick, it's beautiful, super historical looking. Um, and yeah, a lot, unfortunately, once kids get beyond elementary, they stop sending them to the public. But my kid goes to a public school. She just goes to the one in the valley because of the particular program.
What, what, it's a specific like uh, arts program or something? It's called the Individualized Honors Program, and it's you apply for it, and it's the only you have to take a test and you have to get recommendations. I yeah. mean, it's crazy to think that like out of elementary they had to do this, but but it's a really great um, program. I love it. You have been fantastic. <laughs> you told me. I I need to win the lottery. <laughs> And I want Muhammad Ali's old house yes. in a creepy fucking neighborhood yes. with no trees. Because I'm going to walk around with no pants on. And see There's who, nowhere to hide. See who yells at me. I, you know what, Tony? I think we should get you into something. You should be, like, building your equity. You should, like, lay down your roots. I'm a podcaster. <laughs> I'm going to be driving an Uber very soon to support this thing. I got no pot. I got no equity. I am so stoked for you. I love your podcast. Thank you. You do. Actually. I do. I really do. You re you've been reaching out to me for a while. Yeah. And you just wanted to have lunch. Yeah. And I was like, screw that. I need to talk to you <laughs> on the record. I did not think it was going to be this good. Oh my god. Thanks, Tony. So thank you. I have, no, thank you. I'm truly honored. Really, I really, because I, it's been. I have such a secret desire to be to do podcasting myself. You do. I want to do something about real estate and like I don't know, because I used to work in documentary film. So I I was a journalist. Yes. You know, so I really love it. I love it. Thank you. Thank you, Tony. How great was Alex? You know who we'd sell our house to, even if it was haunted our Patreons. When you stoke us, you're saying, Tony Jordan, here's a nice sandwich from up the block. Here's three hours of parking at the Grove. Here's a beautiful bunt cake and a pop. Every donation you hand over helps us keep this insane project a rolling. So shout out to our Patreons, Nancy Rommelman, Sean Atlow, Matt Mills, Sean Wallace, Greg and Molly, Jamie Taylor, Mark Johnson, Kira Ann, Barney Grinky, Ben Welsh, Henry Furman, Jen Adams, The Lonely Chair, Trevor Wilson, and Bree Wilde. Want to hear your name at the end of next week's show? Go to patreon.com slash here in LA and give till it hurts. Also, shout out to our Angelinos. To be an Angelino, just PayPal 25 bucks or more, and we will put you on the Here in LA website that Mr. Mark Johnson is building right now, and it will last there forever. You'll also be given a number to denote how early you got in to make this dream come alive. Angelino number one is Allie Miller. Two, George Wright. Three, Rita Joanne. Four, Jason Sutter. Five, Grant Houghton. Six, Rob Baker. Seven, Kev Cheng. And eight is Brenda Garcia. Just PayPal your hard-earned cash to busblog at gmail.com. Want to support us, but you're an escrow? You can still help. Post your favorite episode on Facebook. You know, where the group is. Or better yet, on your own wall. If you want, post two. Tweet something nice about us and tell your friends. Tell them how Here in LA is spelled. It's on Apple Podcasts and Google and Spotify. Here in LA is produced by myself, Tony Pierce, and a man who makes a mean cheese grits, Jordan Katz. Editing, mixing, and music supervision by Jordan Katz. Songs by Orgone and Jordan Katz. Special thanks to Cindy for creating the logo, Jen for inspiring this, and Alex for reaching out and saying, let's hang. Long live the Daily Nexus. Nexus.